When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We're joined with our super producer, Paul, mission control decant. Most importantly, you are you. You are here. That makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. One of our favorite times of the week. Folks, we always say you are the most important part of the show. We say that because it's true and uh, we love hearing from you, which is why every week, we like to we like to take a break. We like to share your reports from your fellow conspiracy realists. We got a lot of reactions to our episode on ghost kitchens, which was pretty fun. We're going to get some uh, reactions to our EVP episode. Uh, we're gonna get we're, we're gonna have some letters from home shout outs at the end. And before we do any of that, there is a letter that I think stood out to all of us about something strange occurring in Utah. Yeah, something rotten in, uh, in, in Utah. Well, maybe not rotten, but um, a little unusual, let's just say. Uh, I'm going to jump right into it. This is an email that came to us from Mama Dino, uh, seemingly quite shrewd listener. Some very fun caveats here in this email, uh, starting off. Long-time listener, and most of the time, I like you guys. Most <laughs> of you. the time. We'll These are, by it. the way, my favorite parts of this letter. Oh. We'll take it. Uh, I was wondering if you guys have heard of all the carbon monoxide poisons poisonings happening in southern Utah this last month. I first started hearing about them when my cousin, who lives in severe, maybe severe, I think it's spelled severe, county, um, his heater went out, which you would think is normal every once in a while. But just a week later, a Latter-day Saints church building in Monroe 
poisoned nearly 50 people from their faulty heating system. Monroe is a small town, so surrounding cities and counties had to send out multiple ambulances to transfer all patients to the hospitals. Uh, And then they provided a link. This is true. Uh, Such a small town or area that they didn't have enough ambulances um, in their own cache of emergency uh, responders. So they had to, you know, outsource it from surrounding counties. I live in Cedar City, which is one and a half hours away from Monroe. My husband is a police officer with Cedar City PD, so I hear a lot about what goes on. He says that he has gone to more carbon monoxide calls than usual, and we are only in January. Then on Friday the 19th of this year, Canyon View Middle School had to be evacuated for carbon monoxide poisoning. This is the text that was sent out from the school district. And I, I don't know about you, Matt, but I get these from my kids' school all the time. Like the the formatting of them is very familiar. Yeah. ISCD alert. Parents, guardians, and staff, we understand your concerns about the carbon monoxide contamination. The building has been monitored and cleared multiple times by the Cedar City Fire Department and Dominion Energy. Uh Kind of a sinister name for an energy company, if you ask. Utah's me. got a lot of companies with sinister names. Just uh-huh, to be clear, it would seem so. Yeah, yeah. Um, a cause has not been identified today, Sunday, January twenty first. A National Guard hazmat team has been called in. Jeez, and is currently thoroughly testing the building. We will communicate more information to you this afternoon once that investigation is complete. Update just stated that the middle school will be remote for Monday and Tuesday. Still waiting to see what they do next. I just feel like this is a lot of coincidences of carbon monoxide poisonings so close together within different cities. Thanks for the podcast that keeps me sane as a stay-at-home mom. And sometimes, y'all help me fall asleep. Sincerely, Mama Dino. Sometimes it's great to hear from you too, Mama Dino. They really... No, I'm just kidding. Thank you so much for writing to us. You're onto something, I think. Well, yeah, you know, and it, it does sound, I think maybe, too, when you're dealing with sort of isolated parts of the country like this and smaller parts of the country um, where a a religion or a way of life, perhaps, you know, that is unfamiliar to, to many, perhaps, you know, is, is, is very uh, dominant, you know, the, the Latter-day Saints. And then you hear about things like this happening. Your mind goes to conspiratorial places pretty quickly as though this is some sort of... I don't know, backlash or perhaps uh, there's someone that has a beef against the church, you know, or against members of the community, perhaps. Like, we obviously have no details tying any of these occurrences together. And you could also just chalk it up to downright uh, poverty, you know, or lower income, perhaps, in, in some of these areas where people can't afford to maintain their heating systems or there are things that go undone because mm. of lack of funds. And I'm just conjecturing here. I am not sure. saying this is a necessarily a poverty-stricken part of the country. I'm just saying it could be part of the reasoning. Uh, and I'm wondering what you guys think. Well, I'm looking at that NBC News article discussing the church where 54 people were there at the church and they had to, you know, get help or whatever for carbon monoxide poisoning. The official, I guess, blame falls on a heating system. Yeah. Same with the school. And so, you know, everybody uses them. Uh, We talked about that couple that died pretty recently, Mm -hmm. but that was, that wasn't, there was no carbon monoxide. It wasn't about carbon monoxide. It was about just the heating system. um, Without having the governor or regulatory safety measures working exactly the the thermostat was busted and it basically just like didn't know how hot it was getting i do think when it gets into cold temperatures and these systems are working overtime there is a higher chance to 
have a problem, right? Or a small leak. Absolutely. True. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I should have mentioned that firstly. Um, and that maybe, you know, that combined with perhaps lack of maintenance uh, could uh, account for such a pattern. I think inclement weather and um, lack of maintenance are are our most plausible culprits at this point, uh, just because that, that makes the most sense. You know, we know that uh, lack of maintenance is what has led to lack of maintenance regulation led to stuff going wrong at Boeing. It wasn't act. It wasn't, you know, a nefarious purposeful conspiracy. And it's also very easy to miss that kind of maintenance because those sorts of systems in general are ones that people don't like to think about a lot until they break. Well, yeah. You know, like people who own cars but don't like cars. <laughs> yeah, and, and it can be tremendously expensive to to oh, yeah. keep that stuff up. And especially if you've got other bills that you need to worry about, it's probably not a priority. Oh, it's working. I, I'm not going to think about my heating system because it's working right now. Because I have other more immediate problems. And also, yeah. you know, shout out to, we have a lot of LDS conspiracy realists in the crowd. We have a lot of listeners from Utah some of our friends and colleagues live in Utah. Shout out to the Casual Preppers podcast. It'd mm-hmm. be interesting to see oh, uh, so what they that think I about that. that. Yeah. That oh, they're great guys. Well, yeah, we we really can cool. hang out with them later, I'm sure. I hope so. So this is a thing that I'm imagining, especially right now, if you're looking around, you are seeing a lot of stories about it. Paul, Mission Control Decant, just wrote in our chat, uh, just a few days ago, there's an apartment building near him that had to get evacuated because of a report of carbon monoxide, a leak of dang, some dang, sort. Dang. So it, it may not be just a Utah thing. No, right? it's, it's yeah. a cold snap all around the damn country right now. I mean, people are dying. Downtown Atlanta high rise had to be evacuated last week. Mm-hmm. A Texas bakery. There mm-hmm. were several people who were hospitalized a, at Yale University. 14 people were hospitalized last week. Dude, mm-hmm. all due to carbon monoxide poisoning. Literally, all you have to do is search for carbon monoxide poisoning and not also type Utah. Yeah, it's a very good point. And I'm sorry, this is this is not carbon monoxide related, but it just relates to how uh, brutally cold things have been, you know, of late uh, in Edwardsville, Illinois. Um, the First Baptist Church in Edwardsville is being fined seven hundred fifty dollars a day for sheltering the homeless uh, or the unhoused from the bitter, bitter cold that we, as we know, can actually kill people. Not, you know, there's that other story, Matt, uh, about the, the, the folks that froze to death outside that house party, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and uh, it seems that this Edward Edwardsville situation uh, is, is due to the fact that the church did not apply for the proper permit, which just seems cruel and unusual to me. But again, not carbon monoxide related, but just showing how crazy the temperatures have been lately. It's almost as though the climate is changing. There's another very similar uh, case in Ohio, uh, where an Ohio pastor has been charged for sheltering homeless people in this terrible weather, uh, and that goes to that goes to zoning laws. And if you go into the forums, just reporting on on those two incidents, or definitely in the Ohio one, which I'm more familiar with, then you'll see you'll see accusations that are unfortunately not uncommon in small towns arguing that the the pastor Chris Avell got on the wrong side of a relationship with local law enforcement and so they're pushing unnecessarily for something what's it called malicious compliance of some sort it's pretty heartless i don't think you should criminalize being unhoused and that's something that parts of the us seem to be trending toward 
But then again, if you house somebody and you don't have the maintenance on your heating system, they get carbon monoxide. And then you're at fault for that. That's a good yeah. point. I mean, you know, there's a liability to, to consider. But still, you know, at the end of the day, we should be able to help our uh, struggling members of, of, of our communities. I was thinking about that the other day, guys. Uh, I didn't know about the San Diego flooding until, mm-hmm. like, a mm-hmm. video popped up in my Instagram. Roll. I've heard nothing about it, guys. Yeah. it's It was pretty historic. It was intense. Uh, it's insane and I, I maybe i'm completely wrong here but i'm reading that it has a lot to do with an infrastructure problem like mm-hmm. a lot of the cities that end up experiencing catastrophic flooding it's just stuff wasn't quite up to snuff and what it needed to be to protect you know portions of the city that are closest to the to the ocean or to a river from flooding it's terrifying really it's also in that case they they had a um a lot of those things have like a window of tolerance or a margin of error. And from mm-hmm. my understanding, things really went wrong when they were hit with repeated storms yeah. consecutively. I think it was three, which is, it's tough to plan for that. Mm-hmm. But it just made me think of uh, unhoused people, right? And like, mm-hmm. what do you do when the city where you live uh, outside in it just begins flooding in that manner? Um, this is terrifying. Mm-hmm. One good thing we can say, and Mama Dino, perhaps you will agree with this. One good thing we can say is that access to information allows people to be more aware of stories that would normally or quite possibly not be reported outside of their local community. So it does enable us to have a better high level picture of these patterns being described, like CO2 poisoning uh, across across the U.S., uh, like uh, the the war on the unhoused. Uh, and uh, he said it already, you know, people don't always like when we mention it, but it's real. Climate change, exaggerating, exaggerating weather patterns, escalating, I should say. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if this hit you guys part of town here in our fair metropolis of Atlanta, but I was out uh, on one of my porches just writing some stuff, and it was a warm day right? Kind of overcast, but the weather seemed nice. And then as if a heavenly switch was flipped, the sky opened up and there was a deluge. Was uh, that Nol- yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. Noel and I live relatively close to one another. So usually we're affected by similar weather patterns. I'm just interested if it hit you guys too. Yeah, it did for sure. I mean, my, my I've got to get rid of this thing. I've got a couch in my back driveway that is sitting in about three inches of water. There's a bit of a depression kind of area in my driveway, but it's also been like 72, 73 degrees lately going down from, you know, brutal cold. And I'm sure we've got more cold snaps ahead of us, but it's just really unpredictable and uh, kind of just a little bit unsettling. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. And uh, Ben, I drove through that storm. It, everything seemed fine and just to overcast and mm-hmm. then I'm heading towards the city and holy mackerel. It was some of the creepiest lightning that I've experienced yeah. in a while. Amazing oh, photographs. Guys, too. isn't it crazy when you're on the highway or something and you can literally see the line of demarcation where the it. like sheet of weather change mm-hmm. begins and it's like you're going into a portal, man. It's, it's, it's wild. One of my favorite parts of the uh, great American interior, especially when you get in that really flat land, you know, Kansas, Nebraska kind of country, and you can see you can see the rain happening. But when that switch flipped, whereas, again, just 
minding my own business. I was like, oh, it's just warm outside. This, you know, it's overcast, so the sun's not going to get to me. I'll just, I'll just write some stuff. And then I hear thunder. And then in the distance, 10 minutes later, I hear like thunder a little bit closer. And right after that thunder, boom, the bottom drops out. It was as if the sky tried to, tried to sneak out a fart. And <laughs> it was trying hard. to hold it. It was yeah, trying its best. Yeah, it was. It just. It, we've all played that game, folks. It's <laughs> dangerous. You don't always game. win. <laughs> but <laughs> but hope, hope, like what can be done though in terms of this this maintenance thing? Unfortunately, the burden is on the consumer. It seems right. And if you cannot, if you're a private uh, household or a private property, and you're not beholden to the rules of a public space or a business, then there's not really anyone enforcing maintenance yeah. on, on your systems, right? I don't know if that's the answer. I don't know if there should be. I don't know how you navigate that. It is a weird thing, especially in apartment complexes uh, where if like in your unit, there's often a locked door that has like the heating or the water heater, you know, some system that you can't get to that only maintenance is allowed to come into and mess with. But if you've got one of those locked doors, I would highly recommend you go on whatever, wherever you order things online or head to your home Depot and get like a $20 carbon monoxide, uh, little thing you plug into the wall. It's a detector. It's 20 bucks. You put it near wherever that system is just in case. Cause often an apartment complex will have some kind of built in systems for fire and carbon monoxide, but dang, I don't know. I guess I have trust issues, but <laughs> everybody should that. have trust issues while you're at your local, uh, home supply store, get a fire extinguisher or if like you don't six. already have one. <laughs> yeah. Keep that thing on you. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's good to have. And they're fun. I just got one for by my bed. Like literally just in case, I don't know. I had this dream about waking up in a fire in my house while my son is here. Ooh. And my only fire extinguisher is being, pretty far away from me. And then like the panic of that moment, plus trying to get my son and I to safety, plus being able to put a fire out. And I was like, you're going to sit right here from now on, pal. Be more paranoid. Get one in your car too. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, yeah. You should well, yeah. have one in your car. Oh, that's, oh, that's, that's, that's Ben 101 right there. Wouldn't you not even for yourself, you... just for like other people. Yeah. Also true. Wouldn't you need a specialized one that would be more for vehicle fires or oil fires or something or Maybe not, or something yeah. Like that. I mean, something's better than nothing, but yeah, get yeah. one of the little, get one of the little guys. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Not, not like the uh, final form industrial <laughs> oxygen yeah. cylinder looking thing from a hospital, but just oh, yeah, one of the little, little small ones. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but they're just the same stuff. It's the same halon. You can get like a a three pack for two hundred and twenty dollars uh, on the internet. You guys want to go in on it? Absolutely. One each. <laughs> that's reasonable. <laughs> Can't put a price on personal safety. <laughs> We're very fun at parties. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, well, thank you, Mama Dino, um, for this uh, this tip. And I think uh, I, I I feel pretty confident we're we're barking up the right tree about as to you know this is really just kind of more of a weather thing than it is some sort of plot against the the, the Latter Day Saints. Um, but let's take a quick break, uh, hear a word from our sponsor, and then come back with some more listener mail. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. 
Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, temp to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop. Podcast producer? Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With their easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 2424. Two four to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward, inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. We're back. I'm drinking a cucumber lime Celsius, and I still I can't decide how I feel about cucumber drinks. Mm, it's okay. It's It's a choice. Adds a freshness to it. You know what? It's good. It's good in, like Aqua Fresca. If you ever been to a really good oh, Mexican yeah. place, yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit of cucumber in with like an Aqua Fresca lime aid or something mm-hmm. can okay. really be nice. Mm-hmm. All right, it's adding something different to it that I don't know that I like. I don't like eating a cucumber, but I do like a cucumber vibe every now and again. You know who hates cucumbers? Cats. Yes, they yeah, they're snakes. snakes or something, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I take it back to one great use of cucumber is to make a tzatziki sauce. You know, you scoop out sure. the guts and squeeze out the water and then add a bunch of garlic and yogurt. Mm-hmm. Boy, is and a good. cucumber is involved somehow? Yeah. Cucumber, uh, okay. yeah, no, you squeeze out the, you, you, you basically scoop out the seeds, um, you peel it, and then you uh, grate it. And that gives the, the tzatziki this really nice, fresh kind of vibe. It's super good. Great on Thai food as well. And thus concludes the cucumber section of mm-hmm. this listener mail episode. So Sorry, everybody. Stop writing about <laughs> hot cucumbers. takes on cucumbers from the STWYTK no, guys. I love it. If you want, if you want advice for uh, good cucumber, uh, cucumber adjacent recipes, just write to us. I got, yeah. I got you. Also, not sponsored by Celsius, but we would so be into that. Uh, here we go. We've got several messages, guys, of people with personal experience with ghost kitchens. Mm -hmm. So let's start out by hearing from Blake. Hey guys, this is Blake Moo. You guys were just putting out a call for people that uh, work for delivery apps. And uh, I worked for Postmates in the past. I worked for Lyft for quite a while, but now currently for fun, I do DoorDash on the side. And you guys were talking about ghost kitchens. I hate them because you show up at Biscuits Cafe and you're picking up for some other restaurant and you have no, like, it's awful. Because most of them won't have a sticker saying, oh, this is Burrito Town, also here. You'll just Google the address, 
and it comes up as another restaurant. I hate it. I'm a really fast driver. I'm a fast delivery guy, but I just hate having to stop and like Google something and figure it out. But yeah, a lot of places do that. Anyway, I'm at work, so uh, I gotta go. Drive safe. <laughs> <laughs> here's blake with a report gotta go uh that was awesome blake thank you so much for giving us that information mm-hmm. i love biscuits cafe is that a thing i want to eat at biscuits cafe biscuits is just a great word to put in the title of any restaurant you know because it's so evocative of the smell and the texture and the taste i also i i feel like we do have a delivery app episode on the way uh we've been hearing some great stuff from our, our fellow listeners. And I uh, got to tell you, man, you are not the first person who said, I don't care for ghost kitchens. Because they can also be real. Apparently, some of them can be very difficult to find. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get it. They're not necessarily always made for pickup drivers from delivery apps. Like the parking can be tough. And then the clock is always counting against you when you're when you're working in those professions. Oh, very true. I was going to shout out this company, my friend, uh, I went to high school and his name's Nick. He makes biscuits in New York City. I cannot remember the name of it. Sorry, Nick, if you're out there listening, I haven't spoken with him in years. He used to date my sister. Uh, Oh, I remember this story. Also, I have a pitch for you, Matt. Uh, What if we just, as since we don't remember the name of his place right now, why don't we just gift him uh, with a nickname? Let's call him Nicky Biscuits. Oh, that's a good (laughs) one. (laughs) <laughs> okay that's it that's it uh, why do they call them nicky biscuits you pray you never learn the answer <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome uh but hey let's get those stickers up on those ghost kitchens everybody if, if you're if you're a proprietor of a kitchen that is also a ghost put up a sticker um hey so let's go to our next person here grumpy texan has uh, had a little experience here that i think will shock <laughs> all of us Hey guys, Grumpy Texan here. Um, been listening for a little while, first time caller. Anyway, yeah, I was listening to y'all's uh, show on the ghost kitchens, and funny enough, that same exact situation happened to my colleague while we were working in New York. Pretty much the same name. He said Pasquale's is who he ordered from, except the difference is his pizza actually came in a Chuck E. Cheese box. We were two Texan guys that were working in New York City, staying in the Bronx, and we wanted some genuine pizza, and that's what he got. <laughs> so, anyway, thanks. Love the show, guys. Bye. You got Charles entertained, for sure. Dude, that's, that a, that's not horrible. chocolate chips on the Chuck E. Cheese plate, you guys. But it's just horrible. I know I know that feeling. Like, the first couple of times I traveled to New York, and just like, man, I need to find some pizza i keep hearing about this pizza mm-hmm. and then you'd go to a raise and it's not the right one and you're just like oh that was kind of subpar <laughs> I, yeah i gotta tell you man new york has such an amazing food culture i i've always felt like if you are just looking for good regular non-fancy pizza go to the place that looks like a money laundering operation you know what Definitely. i mean because both it, it is and it, sure <laughs> i mean maybe don't open with that when you talk with them <laughs> But just like be in the know about that and be aware that you should probably have cash. And um, and yeah, th- there is that bait and switch, though, especially because so many people are using for convenience or sometimes for necessity are using delivery apps. And what you're typically looking for in those apps, especially if you're in a new city 
or a, a city in which you you don't live, then you're looking for the kind of food you want more so, more often than you're looking for a specific restaurant by name, right? So you, exactly. So then you you say, okay, this pizza looks good, or <laughs> based on the pictures from this place I've never heard of, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they capitalize on that. I'm really happy we did the Ghost Kitchens episode. I think we were fair about it. Oh, I think so, too. Uh, Mission Control, we're going to keep shouting you out this episode. Yes. Uh, he brought up a place that he recently ordered from somewhere in New York City called Wonder. W-O-N-D-E-R. It's a really interesting concept to me. It feels like it's exactly what we described in mm-hmm. the Cloud Kitchen, Ghost Kitchen thing, where... It appears to be uh, brick and mortar stores that are maybe one huge kitchen. And if you order from here, from this one location, when there are a bunch of locations, actually, so a bunch of these all over the place, you can get food from like a dozen different seemingly high end restaurants that's all cooked there in that one place. But like. They're they're really leaning into it and and presenting it as a feature, not a bug, you know, whereas some of the I think the the weirdness in our reporting on uh, the ghost kitchen phenomenon is folks being a little bit shady about it, you know, as in the case with this pizza box from, you know, Chuck E. Cheese. But like, I I think it's smart if done correctly. But Paul did point out he he felt that the food was good. Weirdly, though, two of the franchises that are uh, contained within this uh, this wonder that uh, that Paul went to are two Atlanta based companies, which I did not know that either of these existed in New York. One's called Fred's Meat and Bread, which is really, really good, like Phillies and burgers, mm-hmm. and the other one is Chai Pani, which is kind of up, plussed up uh, Indian food. But um, Paul said it was good, uh, but the, the idea, though, I believe is that it's one cook, you know, or a, a group of cooks doing all the food for all the places. So there could be inconsistencies there, you know, if you're, if you're having to know too large of a menu, but there are certain types of restaurants that would be more suited for this type of treatment places that don't have massive menus. Sure. Right. Yeah. So it could be done. Well, it could be done well. And we're not vilifying these things at all. We just, we believe that people should be to the point about, uh, Deception. We believe that transparency is key with this kind of stuff. And and these are hardworking chefs. They are making good food. It is, as we spend so much time exploring in that episode, restaurants are an incredibly tough business. It is cutthroat. It is, it is brutal. Um, but also, you know, one thing we didn't mention is something that I imagine common in, in many Western cities is the pop-up kitchen, right? That's kind of like a ghost kitchen because you have a brand that goes to a restaurant that may not, they may just want to give somebody a chance, right? To pitch their stuff. And so you'll go to your typical, whatever the, you'll go to your typical Nicky biscuits. And then you'll find that (laughs) tonight, uh, instead of their usual dinner menu, there's the Maddie two hands pop-up. And that is not seen as misleading or anything. Cause again, people are being transparent about it and it's a cool way to try new things but but yeah i i i don't know man i think ghost kitchens are going to continue i think they're gonna I, I think this trend is going to escalate what do you think yes i mean this feels like the future to me i guys i made a terrible mistake oh no my friend nick does not make biscuits in new york he makes them in los angeles okay um, nicky biscuits still holds i think so yeah <sighs> hey man better late than never dude mm-hmm. no harm no foul and other expressions. Yeah, uh, you could look him up. His name is Nick Westbrook. Uh, 
Amazing actor. Uh, again, I haven't talked to him in a long time. Hopefully he's still an awesome person because he was when I knew him. All right. Um, <laughs> there we go. Sorry to put that. Hey, we've got one more message, you guys. Yeah. This is from, I'm going to call him Fi Guy. Pretty fly for a Fi Guy. Here we go. And play. Hi, I'm Public Health Inspector in Canada. And I've just been listening to your episode on Ghost Kitchens. And I think you're assuming... Well, it seems that you're assuming that a lot of the ghost kitchens out there are inspected and that we even know about them. And in a lot of cases, we don't. These places will pop up. They'll have four or five kitchens running out of them. And we won't know until an inspector goes out and takes a look at an area, finds one of these restaurants and sees that suddenly this pizza place has a bunch of Mr. Beast burger boxes in it. So now you've got a person that works in a pizza place cooking your burger, and that's the best-case scenario that we catch them. It could be just a garage out in the middle of nowhere, a food truck parked in a field. God knows what they've got for equipment. God knows what they've got for training. Do they know how to cook a burger? You know, are they cooking it raw? I don't. I know in the States you can buy a raw burger. Can't do it here in Canada. I think you need to talk to someone in the health field and find out what kind of conditions a lot of these places operate in. Septic backing up, rats, rodents, improper cooking techniques, not available refrigerators. It's it's a mess. Ghost kitchens are, are a nightmare for us. We've had an application here. Someone who wants to operate with 12 places operating out of a place the size of just a small garage. So love the show. Can't wait to hear what more you're going to do on this. Thanks. Ooh, ooh, dog with a ball, Matt. You got hey. to me, you got to me, sir. I think we, I think that is an excellent point. We gotta, we gotta dive in. I didn't know it was so easy, but I guess you could do it pretty off the books, huh? Yeah, well, I, I guess you can. What he described though sounded a lot like Wonder, uh, a very small location in New York City because we know that space is at a very, very much a premium there in New York City in all boroughs and all the places. And uh, they are, they've got a ton of locations, that Wonder Place, and they're running at least a dozen kitchens out of there. So, I mean, it sounds like something that would potentially be above board in the United States, at least. It changes things when you got a whole different, you know, set of regulations you're working on in Canada and in other countries. So um, we need to go international with this thing. I'm in. Okay, so Papua New Guinea in <laughs> Canada. And then I get, I, and then I guess we'll add a third for rule of three. But, but that is that is disturbing too, because just thinking through this, you guys. All right, you position a ghost kitchen, so your main, uh, your main platforms of business are going to be delivery apps. Delivery apps, do they require documentation of like uh, health code and then you know your score? Like here in the U.S., I hope so. I don't know how it works in Canada, but, uh, you know, here in the U.S., any restaurant you go to is supposed to have their little worksheet with their health score displayed somewhere. And that's always fun to read while you're waiting for the takeout. Do you guys have a um, a, a minimum score <laughs> that, you, that, like, that, that will cause you to not walk out if you see it? I'm like 85. 85 uh, is okay. <sighs> that seems I know maybe that seems like I got real low standards, but you got to think you got to read the thing. If you read the thing, oh, what they and, did, it'll tell you why. Yeah. yeah, like they get a perfect score. Oh, but they also have rats. And mm -hmm. you go, oh, well, bye. <laughs> and yeah. if you know anything from watching like Kitchen Nightmare type shows, uh, oftentimes people will get a bad score because of something 
silly uh, that they sure. just missed that wasn't necessarily an egregious, you know, oversight or systematic problem. And then oftentimes they will fix it, even if it, you know, sometimes it will even make the news like beloved restaurant fails health inspection mm-hmm. um, and then they can make it right. Or it yeah, might no, be that's on- a really good point. Yeah. Matt. Yeah, agreed. Or it could be it could be a problem that is beyond their control. Like it's something under the onus of the owner of the building, uh-huh. and they're leasing the space. That can happen. But then also, uh, to answer a question, I'm not going to name names, but there's a, a for a long time there's been a couple pretty famous restaurants in an area of our town called Buford Highway, mm-hmm. and they're legit and they're amazing. And there's one that I go, went to regularly, even when the score was uh, 83. Oh, no. You okay with it? <laughs> Me too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I stand by 85. I would, you know, if it was a place I loved, I would, I would go, go as low as 83. Well, one of my favorite Bangladeshi restaurants uh, mm-hmm. that's out there, and, and it's not the one maybe we're all thinking about, the one that right, shut not, down. That was my yeah, favorite. It's not, Pan, it's not Panahar. Panahar? Oh, God, it was so good. Oh. It was so good. Josh Clark, <sighs> I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry we even brought it up if you hear this in the ether somehow. So, that was yeah, his favorite too. about it on the streets, bro. But there's another one there that is still mm-hmm. one of, it's one of my favorite places to get food from, and it regularly has a low score. I've watched staff members come out into the uh, dining room area and shuck eggs. Uh, just watched them doing it out there. You're shuck not supposed eggs? to do it. Yeah, yeah I like uh, hard boiled. Sh- I think one shucks corn. I know. I know. Well, exclusively. You eggs. <laughs> yeah, bro, these are special. Uh, but, Cigarette but, dangling <laughs> from the yeah, mouth. Dude. Stained wife beater. So, hey, guys, sometimes that's a badge of honor or I a sign so, of quality, I mean, you know? Greasy spoon, you mm-hmm. know, that kind of. Uh, I am a friend of Chinatowns across the country, man. I, <laughs> yeah. If I, if I, especially if I see, and this is such profiling, if I I see an older dude who is clearly over it and looks like kind of bored with whatever he's doing and the apron or like the clothing is kind of dirty and stained. I feel like it's legit. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know what? Forget a menu. I'm going to ask the guy what I should have. You Man, know, this cigarette dangling an inch of ash, you know, you know, falls into the, the, the ragu, you know, a seasoning. Yeah. There it is. I, I also feel like we should mention first, yes, we need to look at the health code stuff in a future episode, but I, I, I agree with the point about reading reading the details of the health inspection report because it's possible that someplace has a high score, but then, like you said, they have something egregious, you know, it's like two unidentified feet in the two unidentified severed feet in walk-in cooler, 93. I'm not going to get a 93 with that kind of uh, uh, offense. Did you guys see the thing? It was some meme. Maybe it was on Reddit or 4chan, but some like subway employee uh, took a picture of them standing in like one of those two pan things of lettuce. And it's like, this is the lettuce you're eating. Maybe it was Burger King, but you know, the, uh, the eagle eyed internet uh, swarm immediately identified exactly which Burger King this was and got the guy promptly fired. Oh, no good. Mm-mm, no good at all. Well, that's all today on Ghost Kitchens. Thank you, Blake, Grumpy Texan, and Public Health Inspector Guy. We will be right back with more messages from you. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop. Podcast producer? Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With their easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 2424. Two four to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. And we have returned. This one is going to be uh, a bit of a roundup, folks, a bit of a compilation at the end, because there's a lot of cool things we want to get to. And, and as always, it's a wonderful problem to have. We we can't get to everyone. So we're just going to have to keep doing this show, which is awesome. Uh, first, uh, Matt, you, you brought this to my mind. Uh, we want to thank our pals, Josh and Chuck. Uh, a little while back, Josh reached out to me and said he was working. He started asking me questions about Esperanto. Uh, and if, for anybody who knows Josh, one of the cool things is, like many of us, how stuff works, people will just sort of, we'll, we'll just come to each other. And then maybe not with a lot of context, start asking really specific questions of scientific stuff or scientific nature. Anyway, so shout out Josh and Chuck. They just did a, a banger of an episode on uh, how Esperanto works for all the word nerds out there. And they gave us some nice shout outs. So, so appreciate you guys and good luck to everybody who is learning Esperanto. Just figured we would, we would say that. And also, aren't they on tour again? Right now, maybe they should be. They always are doing little one-off things here and there. Great thing to catch if they come to your town. <laughs> yes, yeah, good, good thing to catch when they come through your town. Perfectly said. Uh, we have another, have another letter I want to read in part uh, from someone responding to our episode on electronic voice phenomenon, Ghost in the Machine. Uh, this is from George, who says, who, who talks about some of the stuff that they learned in in the course of ghost hunting and investigations also thank you to everybody who wrote in about ghost hunting and your experience with it he says the following one group had rules around collecting audio recordings i don't recall all of them but these came to mind and this i think hits directly on our conversation about methodology right mm -hmm. and the science of this so so first 
quote, we would make sure to dangle our recorders from our wrist with straps and not move around while recording. This would ensure we weren't introducing sounds with subconscious movements of our hands or creating sounds with movement of air. So it's kind of similar to like the Ouija board argument, right? It is. I would just say they make these things called tripods that you can attach <laughs> equipment to. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I just be in my mind, dangling from a wrist is precarious. That's all. Yeah. Can I just give a little shout out to a product that I believe made its debut on one of those Shark Tank type shows? And I was uh, hooked into it by an Instagram ad. And it's a very flexible tripod. I think it's called like the squid or something like that. It's a very flexible tripod that has like little suction cups on it and you can stick it to a wall, stick it anywhere or wrap the little leggies around surf different, you know, things to, to mount it in different ways. And it's really, really, really cool. It's called tentacle. That's what it's called. Sorry. Also Eldritch vibes. Yes. And the Joby gorilla pod that we like to use mm -hmm. in video production for oh, so how great. stuff works back. It's very day. similar to that. Yeah. But it has, it has suction cups. You guys suction cups. And so there's another slight issue, which I, I think we're all aware of here, which is if you've ever done the pendulum experiment, it's a great way to see how unconscious small muscle movement can yes. be altered by your thought alone. The experiment is very simple. You can play along at home. You hold some weighted object by a string, something pendulum-esque, and then you, as it's dangling, you start thinking about it going up and down, right? Like back and forth or moving in a circle. And as you think about what path you want it to take, it will do that because your hand is subconsciously moving. Well, it really is interesting too, the idea of think about this as hard as you can. And like, you know, you, you could maybe make the, the jump that you're moving it with your mind, but you kind of are because your mind is sending signals to your hand that you're not even aware of that are causing it to change direction. Mm -hmm. But you're not exactly sending, you know, psychic beams into the string. Everybody has the power of mind over matter in the vast majority of, uh, of proven cases, I'll go ahead and say in all of the proven cases, it just turns out the matter that your mind controls is your body. Right. Bro. Think, think about if you stand on one foot and you're balancing on one foot, are you consciously telling your body how to balance and like which micro movements to make to maintain balance? Or does the proprioception just kick in, right? Mm -hmm. Like how can, you, how can you close your eyes and touch your nose without looking? It's proprioception, right? It's the reason some people puke when they play games like Mirror's Edge. Is that the one, the parkour game? Yeah, the first person running yeah. across buildings. Yeah. Sick. The reason some people don't, don't find VR comfortable either, right? Mm -hmm. Have you guys put on the VR headsets and like walked by, you know, a precipice or a cliff in Dude, the game? Matt introduced me to it one time when he came over. He, he was the first one that I knew that had the newer edition of the Oculus Rift at the time, and there's this game called Plant Game where it's like, you know, graphics that are of the level of, like, The Sims from the 90s, but you go up in this elevator, and then the whole game is to walk out on this plank, and your mind just accepts what is being presented because it is so immersive, and the first time I tried to do it, I literally couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. I'm in my living room. I know I'm in my living room. I feel the carpet under my feet, but I couldn't force myself to do it. I have since done it, um, and it's it's still, you know, God, the mind is a very fascinating thing, the way it just has to, it, it has the ability to just convince you something is real, even if you know it's not. 
you have to push against your instincts there. And there's a very good reason that uh, your mind will say, no, that is a hundred foot drop. And you're like, yeah. no, I'm in my living room. And they're like, yeah, but just in case we're, we're trying to stay alive here. You guys. Oh man. I'm so sorry. I don't want to interject another tangent here in the news. Recently, there was a murder case that had to do with something I'd never heard of before. Cannabis induced uh, psychosis. Oh, you mentioned oh, yeah, yeah. that the other day, yeah. Marijuana madness. Yeah, but but it was used in a case, and uh, the woman who was accused of stabbing Stabbed. her boyfriend a hundred yeah. times got probation mm -hmm. for that because she smoked weed and yeah. was experiencing this thing. We got to talk about that at some point. She got she got found successful of having an amazing lawyer. It's in the library yeah. of medicine. Yeah, Cannabis. it was all over Reddit oh, for a while. It, it's a trigger, it, but yeah. it's, it's not. It's not just for anybody. You got to have pre-existing like right. it triggers schizophrenia, mm. essentially. But it's just stuff that's happening in that closed room, right? And we're just that's like, right. what? Okay, it's Sorry. happening in the mind. And then uh, let's go back to this because I, I do want to. Uh, for anybody who's interested in pursuing EVAP, I think it'll be helpful to get a sense of how people apply rigor to this to this search. So we, we talked at length about the idea of um, trying to reduce subconscious movements of hands or, or movement of air. George continues, we would always pair off so that there were at least two sets of eyes and ears for any session. If we heard sounds, we would identify them aloud for the recorder. The process was to ask a question, wait a few minutes, then ask another question. This was because, ostensibly, it could take time for responses to occur. We'd also keep recordings to... This is interesting. This is kind of counterintuitive to me. They said we would keep recordings down to 10 to 15 minutes or so, largely because reviewing the data takes about as long as it takes to record it in the first place. So they're not... I, I don't know what you guys think, but I, I guess I just lazily imagined i haven't done evp research but i just lazily imagined that you would set a recorder in an empty room overnight or something like that and That's then try to parse the experiment out that you did matt wasn't it you no it in your old house no i actually kept Not it overnight i i completely agree with this part um yeah. because you do again if you're reviewing a piece of tape and it's say 10 minutes right you're listening back to that tape after you've recorded it in re real time trying to mm -hmm. notice if there's anything, maybe then enhancing it, turning up the gain or something, listening back to that full 10 minutes again, making a change the way the audio is being filtered to enhance something else, listening back to that 10 minutes. It, it could take forever. I, I, I think that's probably a smart move. Okay, yeah, that makes sense, especially considering like how deep you want to go into analysis. Too. Mm -hmm. You're going to spend a lot, a lot of time with those minutes. Uh, and then adds this, that I, I definitely appreciate this point. We acted and spoke in a respectful manner at all times. So, for example, we would not actively enrage a ghost just to get a response out of them. And what are you friend, doing? My friend, <laughs> that makes you so much better than so many of those ghost hunting shows where they're like, come on, bruh. What's what? Come on, if you're here, hit, hit a cabinet, bruh. I'm not scared. Come at me, ghost. Yeah, I ain't afraid exactly. of you. Uh, I feel like that's the only way to go. You just really, you've got to get in their grill, you know? I feel like that establishes living people don't want to hang out with you, much 100%. less ghost. This is why you have no friends and have a failing ghost hunting show. Oh, boy. On TLC. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Ouch. Uh, but, you know, it's, uh, it's a tough gig. And in, in their defense, uh, the producers have a lot to do with how people are portrayed in reality shows. 
So we don't know. Oh, no question. How, no question. We don't know how they're getting set up. Sorry, so, Zach. <laughs> we, we actually so, think you're cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. funny story, not to derail really quickly, uh, just Paul will know about this. He and I worked on a pilot or a sizzle for a reality show uh, with the unfortunate name of the Underground Runway. Um, it was about like some buckhead, which is like a kind of suburb here in Atlanta, of, like fancy moms that uh, were looking to uh, set up a side business of a, of a clothing line in their basement. Underground Runway. Didn't really vet that one through, but man, we saw some stuff where the producer was just feeding lines to, you know, the the talent, quote unquote. It was nothing was real. It was all manufactured. Silverado. Remember that, Paul? He says, ha ha. Yep. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's also uh, I, I remember hearing this story, too. There's also a good point uh, that our pal raises in the CVP letter. George says, we were doing this because we wanted to collect data in as uniform and scientific a way as we could. While we did try to adhere to our rules, I don't think we could call any of our data scientific, nor do I think that any ghost hunter can. Shots fired, George. Uh, consider that scientific data has criteria, requires controlled experimental circumstances, minimizing variables. Then consider how difficult it is to create tests with regular humans. Then add in the fact that ghost hunters are attempting to generate responses from what amounts to invisible humans. So they don't know if the humans are there to test. And this is where he introduces a phrase. I think it's a cool word of the day, cool portmanteau. Anecdata. Like anecdote, but data. Oh, Brilliant. That's cute. I, yeah, like I hope you well could I, mm-hmm. I wish you could see the faces there, George. I think we're all in love with this term. Um, and he says, with ghost hunting, anecdata gives us the preponderance of evidence we need to know uh, in order to decide whether something is worth pursuing. So I think that's a very fair and even-minded way to go about it. And I don't know, guys. Should we have done that ghost hunting show like years back? How about that? Which one? You, <laughs> which one? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Uh, we would get these we would get these questions from different companies, and they would say, "Hey, you guys want to do a ghost hunting show with us?" Hmm. The show we should have done was called Silverado. That's the one we should have done. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's what we should have done. And the uh, what the Melungeon Silver Mines. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So we'll 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 show this up here. We've got a couple things. We'll just call. Letters from Home in response to our classic episode on superpowers. This was superpowers part two. We talked about ring finger mobility and we got a lot of people uh, just flexing, literally flexing on us. So shout out to Amir who says ring finger mobility. I wasn't aware this was something most people can't do. And I don't think any of us can do it right where you move your ring finger independently. Oh, you can do it down, but can you do it up? No. I can't. I can't do anything with it. Sorry, guys. Really, like this? If I do my... Am I doing it? Am I doing never it? Never mind. I'm doing it, aren't I? Bordering on inappropriate stuff. Oh, that's stuff. your pinky, though, isn't it? Oh, ring finger. Sorry. Oh, no, it's, it's stuck. It's frozen. <laughs> ring finger. Ring finger is completely immobile. <laughs> we also we also hear from the, part of my pronunciation here, the Wayne Gauroa kid who says, hello from Wayne Gauroa Otiaroa. I, I apologize that spelling is A-O-T-E-A-R-O-A and says the following, I have good finger control. Am I a superhero? And this one also came attached with uh, with a picture of the person actually doing this. So there's evidence. Maybe we're behind the curve because everyone who wrote in about this ring finger stuff 
seemed surprised that other people can't do it. I guess it's like rolling your tongue or the taste of cilantro, right? One of those little genetic quirks we all get. I think so. I think so. Wangarella, by the way, is New Zealand. New Zealand. That, that cool? I, can't, I can't do it with my, my other hand. Ugh, I'm sorry. I'm doing the live long yeah, and prosper yeah, sign. Yeah, yeah. This is an audio podcast. Which is a, the blessing, the coining. Yeah. When you do it with both hands. Uh, and then we heard from a lot of people recently on the AI Carlin stuff. Uh, the family is suing. And, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <gasps> and shout out to A-Frame, uh, who, A-Frame, a uh, longtime contributor, uh, fellow conspiracy realist, and I think your, your recent correspondence kind of sums up what a lot of people have told us after hearing that story, quote, I don't like AI Carlin. I first heard him when I was nine with my dad and his seven words are words I use to help with my chronic stutter. His content means a lot to me. I'm glad you guys don't like AI Carlin too. Agreed, bro. Yeah, I completely agree. There was, there was uh, sort of a um, little tone deaf, even as a, as a bit of satire. You know, we missed a part of that that we should have discussed, guys, and I didn't hear it until after, and I was more curious. But Ben, you said you'd listen to the whole thing, and I was like, oh, man, maybe I need to listen to this thing. There's a section in there where AI Carlin says, in the future, it will just be us. It will be the AI versions of all your favorite comedians and actors, and they're going to replace all the newscasters, because who's better at, at telling you what's going on than comedians? And, and he's like, there will be 24 hour, 365 day a year feeds of comedians talking about current events, what's happening and doing it through that specific lens. And just basically AI Carlin paints a picture of proliferation and kind of a dystopia, but also an interesting concept. Yeah. But, uh, I don't think I remember that. And it is, it is interesting. It is. To be honest, it is the kind of thing Carlin would plausibly bring up yeah. were he alive to do a set. This but is true. If this that happened, true. guys, we would always know what Ja Rule is thinking. Thank God. <laughs> what does Ja Rule think in. about ghost kitchens? I tried to, I texted him. He's like, I can't talk. I'm doing EVP stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, God only knows ja where he was. I just want to add to, um, I've been seeing uh, lately on various Instagram accounts and such that I follow these uh, very risque um, AI renderings of Taylor Swift, kind of like almost in the style of key art for like Grand Theft Auto games as like a sex worker kind of, uh, you know, exotic dancer kind of situation, like wearing, you know, G strings and fishnets and being fondled and stuff. Pretty, pretty raunchy stuff. Um, I immediately was like, this is odd. Um, and I showed it to my girlfriend who immediately said, Ooh, Taylor's not going to like that. Stress and uh, sure enough, the very next day, maybe even the same day, uh, it was saying Taylor Swift uh, pursuing le- legal action against creators of these uh, AI renderings of, of her going to be tough to do it because it's just a creepy escalation of those uh those dudes who would photoshop celebrities faces it is on stuff and and, and these are very stylized no one is looking at this and believing that that is taylor swift they basically look like cartoons um like or or, you know like kind of photorealistic but hyper stylized. i really think the grand theft auto key art is a is a a decent uh, analogy but i do wonder if she does 
find traction that will certainly set a precedent as she is one of the most visible uh powerful and uh wealthy uh women or people in general in entertainment so um, a lot of a lot of potential there for what could set some precedents but i honestly don't think that she's gonna be able to you know prevent people for she's a public figure you know well it is kind of like fan art too right in a way technically and also the law is very the law is a very tough time with this the legislation hasn't caught up with the innovation here yet and may not because it's decentralized i want to emphasize that thing i mentioned earlier if it's not familiar to anybody the streisand effect very real on the internet that is named after i think barbara streisand had some unflattering picture or oh no it's a photo of her house that she didn't want out there and she said hey internet don't put that anywhere. And so the internet being decentralized and, and full of smart Alex put it everywhere. So it's unfortunately, sometimes it's, it's throwing gas on the fire you mean to extinguish. And I think that's worth exploring all of this and more in a future episode. Uh, for now, let's call it a day. Thank you to Blake grumpy Texan. Pretty fly for a fly guy, Mama Dino, George, and all our fellow conspiracy realists who took the time to join the show. Write us some letters from home. We hope this message finds you well in a mid-grand adventure. Join us for the next listener mail program. We try to make it pretty easy to find us. That's right. Catch us online. Uh, you can get to us at the Handle Conspiracy Stuff, where we exist on Facebook, where we have our Here's Where It Gets Crazy Facebook group, if you're still hanging around in that ecosystem. Uh, you can also find us at the Handle Conspiracy Stuff on YouTube and also on X, nay, Twitter. Uh, we are Conspiracy Stuff Show on Instagram and TikTok. Hey, do you like using your phone and your mouth? To communicate, why not call us? 1-833-STDWITK. It's a voicemail system. You've got three minutes. Count them. One, two, three. That's it. If you do choose to call in, give yourself a cool nickname and let us know if we can use your message on the air. If you've got more to say, why not instead send us a good old-fashioned email? We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? 
Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.